0: What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, I have a conversation with Lisa Strom, the head women's coach at Kent State. Lisa Strom has been at Kent State for just one semester and is taking over as the head of a top five ranked school. Even though her tenure isn't long at Kent State, Coach Strom is a highly intelligent and experienced coach with lots to say. So thanks for listening, and let's get into it. Hey, Coach, this is Josh.
1: Hey, Josh, how are
0: you? I'm good, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Well, thanks for doing this with me. Hey, you got it, no problem at all. Yeah, maybe you can just kind of start by... Introducing yourself, maybe your uh, kind of short history or history of coaching, how you got into it, that kind of stuff.
1: Basically, I was playing on the LPJ Tour for roughly the last five or six years before I got into coaching in 2011, and got back into being at Ohio State, my alma mater, kind of my first opportunity to get into college coaching. Wasn't really looking for another job, but at the time, as in life, timing is everything, and um, a teammate of mine... From college was the current assistant coach at Ohio State, and she had started a family, and with her husband being a coach as well at the time, they, they decided that it was kind of going to be too tough for them to be on the road and raising a family. So she got more into the administrative side of things, and the opportunity presented itself um, for me to to get into coaching. And you know, at the, at the time, I would say the LPGA tour was kind of in a bit of a lull with the amount of tournaments they had, and so opportunities to play and and earn money. And, you know, you start looking at a bank account and start wondering what you're going to do with your life when you are too old to play golf for a living. So, um, you know, I got into coaching with a pretty open mind of, okay, let's see how this goes and what this might lead to. And, you know, five and a half years of being under the leadership of my college coach, Therese Session, kind of led me on a journey that, you know, I would say it's much more rewarding than my playing days I mean it's it provided me an opportunity to give back to a game to help young ladies at that you know stage in their life and um, it's a pretty big time in their life 18 to 22 years old there's a lot going on um, and so then around 2016 the spring of 16 got an opportunity to lead my own program took the job at texas state as their head women's golf coach there for three seasons um had a lot of success there we got that program you know going in the right direction and um uh, with the help of my assistant coach jenny down there had a girl qualify for for regionals didn't um quite capture Sun Belt conference championship which was one of the big things we we're trying to do um, but left the program in a better place than where we found it and i think we just um, made a great impression on, on those young women down there. I think a huge part for them was getting to buy into what hard work looks like and having some pride in your school. Um, it's great to see them, you know, showing up at sporting events and really being proud to be part of that university. And that tradition, you know, of, of doing that, I think is a huge part of, of getting the right type of kids in there. And then you know, this past summer, I just got back from Thailand and Got a phone call from Kent State, was not going to be looking for a job, was not applying, was very, uh, I don't want to say quite content, but was very happy with how things were going at Texas State. And um, when an opportunity of a top-five program comes calling, you got to at least be willing to listen. And just loved everything about it and and loved the idea of getting back to the Midwest, being closer to my mom, and just a lot of things going in the right direction.
0: So to back it up a little bit, How would you say the transition from playing to coaching, if I did a similar thing, I I wasn't, I never turned pro, but I went, kind of had a perspective change and went from playing as my main focus to now trying to give back and help. Um, Did you take lessons from that? Uh, Like, this is what I learned and this is how I apply it? Or did you have that kind of experience?
1: I would say it really hit me, and I've I've told this story a few times, um, whether it's been to our own student athletes or you know other coaches that I've mentored. But you know, there's there was a time where we won a college tournament, and I sat on the couch that Sunday afternoon after we won the Lady Buckeye, and it was about a year into coaching for me, and I thought, wow, this is it. It was about hmm. five o'clock in the afternoon you know you you just won as a team should be pretty much you know you're feeling good about things and i'm like wow i just felt so empty and if i look back on that day and i kind of think wow there's got to be more to this like we just won we you know in college golf you lose a lot and you don't bring trophies home every week and it's really hard to win a college tournament so you should be you know you should be feeling pretty satisfied pretty fulfilled and i was just so empty that day and i thought okay there's something more to this and as i said timing is a huge part of life and Kind of was looking through Twitter that day and saw some stuff that Joshua Medcalf was tweeting about, and you know, it really got me thinking about what are we doing here? Like, how how am I preparing these these young women for life beyond college golf? And what am I doing as a coach for myself to get to that point to help them and mentor them? And um, so I started kind of on that transformational journey after that, and I started reading a ton, not only reading but applying it. Um, You know, a lot of the girls would we'd be on a trip, and I'd be reading on an airplane or something. Well, hey, what are you reading next? And that's when I started to realize how much more of an impact I could have on them. Um, I still get kids, you know, that I've coached that reach out and ask, you know, hey, do you have any books that I can recommend? One girl was injured this, this first um, year on the LPGA Tour that she was experiencing out there, and she was going through kind of a tough time, and she's like, you know, hey, do you have anything I can read to kind of fill the gap of time that I've got now? and you know, I look back and I think, okay, good thing that I realize there's more to it than just winning and losing in, in college sports. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you measure
0: yourself on that, it's just going to be a roller coaster. So, once I kind of dove into that, um, yeah, I really started, to, uh, I think, to
1: feel that fulfillment came from seeing
0: them improve as people more than just mm-hmm. golf scores on a, on a scoreboard. Right. And so, I guess, just to get into your kind of day-to-day, I know that The half season is probably wrapped up at this point, but do you, you know, what do you kind of do on a day-to-day basis to um, get that perspective across as opposed to just coaching mechanical swings? You know, how do you, what do you do on a day-to-day basis that, you know, trains people to be people and not golfers?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things we do, especially this time of year, is we're giving back to the community. You know, we're, we're volunteering our time to, Ben Curtis's foundation is huge up in Northeast Ohio, it's, um, creating these birdie bags for underprivileged people that, may, you know, might not have enough food to get them through a long weekend when we have, you know, Thanksgiving break coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, that just, those those moments that give that perspective um, are huge to open your eyes to, hey, maybe that golf score isn't such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um we participate in the Folds of Honor Military Tribute Program. So we honor a soldier every season. We've done it the last two years at Texas State. Now this year at Kent State, um, we're honoring First Lieutenant Ashley White Stump, who lost her life in 2011 in Afghanistan. And, you know, for me, giving back and showing our support of the military and someone that's paid the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we get to enjoy, even if they're not U.S. citizens, let me tell you, they – They did it when Debbie White, Ashley's mom, walks into our building after practice one day and sits down on the couches that we sit down on when we have team meetings. It becomes very real at that moment in time that, you know, that this name, Ashley White, who's on a bag, um, becomes very real all of a sudden that, you know, she was her daughter. She liked to bake. She liked to be a quiet leader. She just kind of showed up and did her work. And all of a sudden, you know, the tears start flowing, and and I, I... pride myself on giving experiences that they'll never forget in college. And that's one of them. Hmm. Uh, they will always look back to that day at the end of practice in early November and think, you know what, Hey, this, this was something special. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that goes far beyond the four or five years of, you know, playing college golf. Uh, okay. so to, to keep to talk specifically about golf and like the mental game of golf, because that's, that's where I, kind of do my day to day golf and coaching. Is it? Is that something you prioritize and have actual practices for, or, or do you just kind of maintain an environment for the so, mental game? Yeah,
1: I would say it's kind of you know you kind of have to be a chameleon when you coach. You got to know the buttons you can push for certain people, and um, I also understand that you know for a lot of high level amateur golfers and and where we are you know in the top five in the country right now these players that we coach at Kent State have a high golf IQ their mental games are very strong Um, so it's not to draw attention to it even you know sometimes it's you don't have to make a problem when there doesn't a problem doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and so it's you know asking the questions of them like hey what's it like when you're in, in the zone or what's it like when you're playing well just so maybe they kind of have a grasp of like oh I create that mm. but you're not drawing attention to like hey you know when you're out there and, and things are going bad things start swirling do you have things that you know do you have the tools in your toolbox like because all of a sudden you're like whoa I don't even know what that's like mm. so it was a little different I would say at, at Texas State when we were maybe developing better mental skills and better mental training we had them journaling a lot more. Um, it's not to say that people wouldn't benefit, but I think, again, it's knowing your audience of like, hey, they're really good at what they do. There's no need to make it, uh, make a, a not not of a uphill, I guess is maybe what, what to say. But, you know, I think journaling is great when you're trying to train those habits and trying to create the mindset of how much you're given and how much to be grateful for if that particular person is struggling uh there's a girl at uh, ohio state when i was coaching there that you know her putting was maybe her weakest link but it was more of a self-fulfilling prophecy so we really dove into like hey you just need aid number one the best way to improve your ratio of positivity right now is just eliminating the negative side Mm -hmm. and so we talked a lot about that and she started journaling a lot about it and she started being more aware of her self-talk and all of a sudden the putting got better, and all of a sudden she won some tournaments, and all of a sudden she was Big Ten Freshman of the Year and Player of the Year, and you say all of a sudden, it was those compound Mm -hmm. daily habits that just kept building that, you know, all of a sudden it looked like she was an overnight success, when in fact it was, you know, nine, ten months of really Mm -hmm. solid mental work.
0: Right, yeah, it's definitely not, to the outside world, it's like, wow, you're playing good all of a sudden, but... Yeah. No, yeah. not quite. And yeah. and I don't ask these questions as you know. What are you doing with Kent State? Because mm-hmm. you you know just just joining the team, you're not gonna come in and just change the entire how everything goes. But you know you with your um, I guess background of high success and you know coach of the year that kind of stuff. I just um, just. I was more interested in your general f- philosophy rather than what you're doing with the Kent State players, so, yeah. you know... Yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I think I, I attribute
1: a lot back to, to Joshua, you know, he, he and I aren't maybe super close as much as we were when I first started diving into myself, but he's, he's totally opened my eyes to the idea that, you know, everything that happens to you is in your best interest and an opportunity to learn and grow, I mean, like he really made me start believing in the fact that I didn't have to have the title behind my name to be a leader of a program and be a leader of a life-changing program. And mm-hmm. I think also when you realize you're in charge of your life and you're in charge of what happens on a daily basis, and if I can, if I can transfer that over to what our student-athletes are doing wherever I'm coaching, like 18- to 22-year-olds, you're in charge of what you do on a daily basis – you know, you can't blame the coaches for this. You can't blame your playing competitors for that. You can't blame the weather for this. Like, as soon as you grasp the idea that you're in charge, you're responsible for that. Um, I think that can be in itself a big, the biggest trigger for for someone kind of seeing some success and, and all, taking taking full control of that. Um, you know, and I, you know, it's not, this stuff is not. Something all of a sudden that's just been thought up or made up or, you know, even the E plus R equals O stuff. Like, I, I love Brian Kite and I love Tim Kite and I love all the stuff they've done. But, like, it all goes back to the timeless truths of if we just strip it all down, like, we own our response to things. And those responses to our events that happen on a daily basis become outcomes. And those outcomes create more events. And it's just this cycle. But it's just what we're, what makes sense to someone. You know, if I package it... One way for someone that it clicks for them, awesome. If I have to kind of work it a different way for someone else, awesome. At the end of the day, we're just trying to maximize what we can do in the short amount of time we're around these young people that, you know, hey, they they leave our place better than when they got in there and they're ready to face any challenge that comes at them. And I don't care if it's on the golf course, if it's in life. You know, I got a phone call on the golf course that my dad had passed away in 2016 on April 29th. We were getting ready for regionals. We had won the Big Ten Championship the Sunday before. Here I am. Like, my life got flipped upside down with one phone call from my mom, mm-hmm. and that's when life is real. I looked these student athletes in the face. Therese was standing right there. I'm like, I, I, I mean, literally got off the phone, and Therese looked at me, and she's like, what's wrong? And I so said, my dad just passed away. And like, I could get emotional about it right now, but these girls looked at me in the eye, and they knew that because of my training, I was re- I was able to handle It doesn't mean I liked it, but it also meant I could handle it. And they knew at that point in time, wow, like, this person... Mm-hmm. This person means a lot in, in in their world. And I mean, to this day, they'll reach out to me and be like, I'll never forget you looked us in the eye and said, don't ever apologize for telling someone you love them and that you care about them because you never know when their day is done.
0: Wow. That's, yeah, that um, that's a good, there's no better leadership than leading by example in that way. Um, so to, to kind of take it to a practical angle, what Maybe you do this. Maybe you do talk to like junior golfers or um, not as much now that you're like in the coaching, recruiting, NCAA regulations type stuff. But when you, if you could say something to a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, uh, what would you say to them as far as what they need to be doing on a daily basis to get to a level, a high level uh, in college golf or beyond?
1: Yeah, I mean. I think for young kids, the big part is taking ownership of it themselves instead of mom and dad wanting it more than them. So, and by that, I mean, you have to be technically really good. Like there's no doubt about it to play at a top 10 program, a top 50 program. Like a lot of kids think they have what it takes. And at the end of the day, the talent level still has to be really high. So there's no substitute for getting up and working on your game and, sacrificing time with your friends and you know making that commitment on a daily basis like how how excuse me how am i going to get better today and how am i going to make sure that i'm in charge of what my destiny looks like you know and it doesn't mean that this tough stuff's not going to come your way in fact you're always going to have tough stuff but how are you getting ready for it and you know i think mentally it's got to be of the mindset of like Am I willing to get up at 5 a.m. to go work out? Am I willing to sacrifice not going out on Friday and Saturday night with my friends just to hang out? It doesn't mean you can't have a social life, but it means do your priorities match the size of your dreams? Mm -hmm. If you want to go play on the LPGA Tour, your social life's going to look a little different than someone sitting next to you in calculus class in high school. Like, that's just what, it's got to be different. And different doesn't mean bad. Different's a good thing. And you know, I think those, those younger years in high school, like people, you have to take yourself seriously. Um, if you're, if you're not, you know, I was given the option.
0: My parents gave me the option to hang out with my friends, but they're like, they knew at the end
1: of the day, if you make a choice to do this, then, you know, that's probably going to have a consequence over here. But if you make these choices and I kind of start calling them proquences, like positive consequences. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, I guess at the end of the day, it's okay to be standing out for things that are different than other people that are just trying to blend in. You know, and it's. It's okay to be different um, when you're making different choices, and you're not comparing yourself, but you're different, and that's being a student athlete. Um, you have to be.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mental Golf Show. If you liked it, I'd love it if you subscribed. And if you want some more, you can go to joshnicholsgolf.com or I would love to get in touch with you. Just send me a text, three three six three nine nine All right, catch you next time.